Hi, I'm Molly. Hi, I'm James. We both chose to spend the rest of our lives in middle school. Although we both work with students in different ways, we both think our real goal is to develop human potential. We had an idea to create a podcast to help our students not only survive, but thrive in middle school. We know some of the decisions we make and the skills we develop in middle school can set us up for success later in life. We plan to interview teachers, middle school students, high school students, and graduates to try to find out the secrets of making this challenging time of life a little bit easier. Ready? Let's thrive together. Today we are joined by Mrs. Talentire, 7th grade English, and Ms. Ohms, 7th and 8th grade FCS. Awesome. Thanks for meeting with us today. Can we go ahead and start by you telling us how you came to teach middle school? I can start. Okay, so I recently graduated from Ohio University with my degree in FCS education. And technically right now I'm licensed middle school and high school. Um, I did student teaching with both ages and I could even very simply teach elementary school and I did some time in college student teaching elementary. So when I was coming to the application route of jobs, I applied for both middle and high and when it came down to it, I felt like I still blended in with high schoolers. So I chose middle school and I'm enjoying it. How about you, Susan? I was actually teaching at GIS and Mrs. Orman came um, in the spring to talk to the sixth graders about all the opportunities that they were going to have when they came to the middle school. And I was just listening and I was thinking, huh, I think I want to go to the middle school. And um, sure enough, a, a job opening came open and so here I am. Awesome. So one of the things that we're really trying to focus on in this podcast is helping middle schoolers thrive while they're here. So would you mind both telling us about an experience you had where you struggled in middle school and then how you eventually overcame it? Sure. Um, in my middle school years, I was a little bit of high drama, if you could believe it. Um, I struggled with friendships, especially going from sixth grade to seventh grade. In my younger years, I had just moved to my school and I made quick friends, but not genuine ones. Um, those friends were a little insecure and so was I. And so we really, really were just trying to act as if we were more popular and trying to put out these ideals that we were exclusive friend group and you had to do um, or be a certain way in order to be in that friend group. Now, I would personally say in my experience, I was the one that was often getting shut out nearly daily, if not just weekly. And it came to a point where my parents kind of were like, this isn't really what your friendships are supposed to be like at this age. I held on to it throughout my seventh grade year. And then as I was entering my eighth grade year over the summer, I made some new friends and I kind of realized well, I don't have to be in this exclusive friend group. This isn't what a genuine friendship is. And it kind of was eye-opening in terms of the values of friendship and then just being kind to everyone and accepting of everyone. So that was a really hard thing for me to learn at a young age and it was difficult. I would be crying a lot and like obnoxiously so. But eventually I came into my own and I think that that's a value that I 
continue to learn throughout my high school years and even now as an adult I have to give myself that reminder sometimes but the big thing that I learned was friendship with everyone is better than friendship with exclusivity was that more of a like individual path that you found or would you say that you found uh, like other friends that kind of helped you along that journey I would say it was an individual path more so um, as I was going through my eighth grade year and I made different friends there was one friend that continued and we were in a group of three and that's always difficult with one person being the odd man out and I still sometimes felt like that and I let it get to me from time to time and it was difficult to kind of let myself be like oh this is okay like I like I don't have to put this pressure on myself if I feel left out they don't think that they're doing it on purpose I can voice my emotions I can deal but it, they helped me along the way, especially as we got older and we looked back and re, we reflected. And it's actually funny, this past summer I ran into the friend from sixth grade that really just was awful towards me. And we reconnected and we caught up and we kind of laughed about how we were not the nicest towards each other. So here we are in adulthood and we're able to like look back at it and laugh. And so I think we all were kind of dealing with that same journey just on our own rather than leaning on each other. So my, my friend is a lacrosse coach at Otterbein and he recently posted this quote on his Instagram story and it, it, it makes me think of this moment and it said, and he was talking specifically about athletes, but I replied to him and I said like, this is true of not just athletes, but all, all of my students and then all human beings really at some level. And, he, and the quote said something along the lines of athletes are all struggling with somewhere trying to be popular and trying to be great and those two things don't always align because part of greatness is finding uniqueness and often you know part of becoming popular is this you know trying to be normal or trying to fit in and you often get rid of your uniqueness and I feel like as you grow older you realize like wait those are the things that made me special and those are the things that are going to like actually help me when I when I get older and out into the adult world are the things that will be celebrated and so I I I appreciate your perspective in that story. I, I, I feel that quote in, in that story that you shared. Yeah, and I think something that you also touched on, you know, that friendship piece, I think a lot of our middle schoolers are struggling to find their group and find their fit. And it's one of those things, I think especially in this age group, it is hard to figure out who's genuine and who's not. And I think it's such a unique experience that you were able to navigate through that, find some genuine friends, and then to circle back as an adult and kind of run into that that you know friend from the past and kind of laugh about, oh my gosh, we were, you know, so hard on each other and to be able to have that reconnection moment I think is so powerful because sometimes we don't show up as our best and it sounds like maybe that friend didn't then but as an adult maybe she is yeah and I like to bring that up sometimes also in my FCS class when we're talking about emotions and we talk about friendships and the struggles so it's been nice to like share that kind of side of it and the lessons that you learn throughout your years as a middle school student because I agree with both of you it's a big big thing within this age specifically. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Talentire, do you want to share? Sure. I have a lot of strong memories of from my middle school years. Um, unfortunately, I was a victim of bullying um, throughout middle school. I was, I'm like 5'8", and I was 5'8", also in middle school, so I grew tall really quickly, but I was extremely thin. Um, 
to the point that it was difficult to find clothing to fit. And uh, kids were just really, really mean to me. And in addition to that, my parents were going through a divorce, um, which was kind of came as a complete surprise to my sister and I. So I was embarrassed um, about the divorce, did not share that with very many people at all. And then again, having to go to school every day and face all the taunts and the jeering. Um, it was just really, really painful. And just to throw, throw another quote out there that I love, and I, I just, I, we bring it up in class a lot, and it's something that I live by, is that you know, everyone's fighting a battle that you know absolutely nothing about. And so you know, these little things that throughout the day people could have controlled, like they could have been a, a bright light in your day, not knowing what was going on in, in the background, and instead they chose a different path. And you know, it was just piling on top of these other things that you were dealing with that to look at you, no one would have, would have known because you weren't willing to share that. And so uh, such, such powerful wisdom, thanks, thanks for sharing that. What supports did you feel like you had when you were in middle school to navigate through that? Honestly, not a lot. I don't, school counseling at that time isn't what it is today. Um, and I don't think that even bullying was really talked about. Um, so I, I kept, unfortunately, I kept a lot of it inside. And I, I can remember acting out in some of my classes. And as an adult and reflecting, thinking, well, I did have a lot going on. And I didn't have, I just didn't have a place for it. I didn't really have a safe place to talk about it. Um, even when I talked to my parents about my weight, which we didn't really even talk about body image at that time, but you know, my dad would always say, oh, you know, one day you'll be grateful. Well, that didn't really help me when I was 13, 12, 14. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we've come a long way in a lot of these areas and with awareness and support. Um, therapy was not anything that anyone I knew, you know, did at that time. And now it's very commonly talked about and supported and it's great. So I know I could have definitely benefited from that at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting for you to reflect back as an adult of like, oh yeah, maybe I was acting out because all of these things were happening at home and I was really struggling. And then to think now too, what did I need in that moment? Like, yeah, I could have really benefited from support or some maybe some different words of encouragement, right? Right, and when I see our middle schoolers now, you know, I, I know what that felt like and I, so I can empathize and, you know, it's just like Mr. Browder said, there's, everybody has a lot going on that we have and we have no idea. So these kids are bringing a lot to, to the table every day when they come to school. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, we've, we've come so far, but I also think there is this natural thing that happens between teachers and students where they see us as this person who, I, I, I don't know, I envision that they think we live in our classroom because every time I see a student out in, in the real world, they are kind of like, oh my gosh, it's Mr. Browder, what do I do? But, you know, I'd, I'd like to say even like, let's progress even farther and, and just reminding students that 
man, we're just human beings too. And like we have, we, we have families and moms and dads and kids and, and, you know, we're all problem solving and working through these things and, you know, really encouraging students to see us as a resource too. So we, we've got school counselors, we've got teachers, like just this whole building full of people who, who care about our students and would literally do absolutely anything we could to, to help their situation, to help um, a problem that they're dealing with. And, you know, so many resources of, you know, coming in to talk to us, reach out through an email, even if you don't want to share everything, just an, an email to say, I'm, I'm really struggling today. I'm not going to have this thing. And those will always be received with, you know, tons of grace and forgiveness and, and just understanding because we know what's happening out there in, in the real world. Definitely. So I want to ask you guys, if you could give one piece of advice to yourself, if you had to redo middle school, what would it be? Hmm. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I think my biggest struggle then leading from middle school to high school was keeping my life straight. I mean, I was involved in a lot. I tried a lot of different things. I was constantly busy. Um, my sister, she was a little bit more, picked one sport, that was it, and she kept track of things herself. And for me, I was all over the place, and my parents did not like know what I had and when, and neither did I. I was bad at keeping track of my homework. My grades were dropping when I was starting like my eighth grade going into freshman year. So something that we did in elementary school and intermediate school was we were required to keep an agenda or a planner. Uh, the school provided it. We had to have it on our person at all times. At the younger years, it was how we communicated between teachers and parents. And then intermediate, it was used as our hall pass. Middle school, they still gave it to us. We used it as our hall pass, but they weren't saying in class, okay, pull out your planner, write this down. Um, so I fell out of the habit. I didn't think of it much, and um, that continued into my high school years. They still gave the agenda, but even then, they didn't require you to have it even as bathroom pass. So when I was really struggling after my freshman year of high school, my parents were like, okay, you got to make a change. Like, we're not keeping track of this. So my parents were like, okay, this has to change. This is not our responsibility. You're the one that's choosing to be in all these different things, which is great, but we're not your personal assistants that figure out where you need to go, what you need to do, and provide everything for you. So that then they the following year they put that responsibility on me so then I had to uh, kind of adjust how I went about things I tried a couple different things they weren't super helpful but what did help me was uh, starting that planner again and I had to remind myself in class to pull it out and oftentimes I didn't but then at the end of the day before I left school before I went to my locker before I left for the day I would go through each class write down what I had to do. If I had nothing to do, I at least wrote down like a task that I could do that helped me later on. So if I didn't have homework, I would say we read this chapter so that I could like be like, okay, that's what we did that day. That's what I need to be aware of going into the following day. And it helped. It wasn't the best at it, but then leading into my later years of high school where things just go crazy, I had those foundations of like the different responsibility, aspect and then also adapting my um, note-taking things like that for specific classes um, 
it just helped me along the way going into college where there's nobody holding your hand and that was hard as well. I have even still the notebooks from my college years where each week I've mapped up out every single task assignment, simple supplemental activities that I could do. And I would check it off, I would cross it off, next week I would do the next one. I became really good at it that my friends would be like, can you look at my syllabus so you can tell me what I need to do? And that has helped me going into my teaching career, not always still the best at keeping task of it, but um, it's something that I've been trying to get back into. So, it, you know, it, the, the start of the question was like, if you go back and change something and just to stress, it's so important that you wouldn't go back and change that, right? And, and you said that in what you were telling us and that that was like part of your journey. Like you needed to go through that struggle to be able to be the eventual college student and the teacher and the adult that you are. Yeah, I wouldn't change the path, but I would maybe start it sooner because then my freshman year tanked me later on. Uh, it was hard coming back from that. I had to work really hard, but still that kind of like natural consequence instilled that message for me. I'll date myself here, but being being here for 16 years, you know, we've watched the evolution of, of the planner. So, you know, we used to give all of our students, as you said, a student handbook, and we really stressed like keeping yourself organized and, you know, daily writing down your assignments. And then technology came into play. And I feel like we made this assumption that everybody was good at navigating technology. And so the planners kind of went away. We stopped, we stopped encouraging that. And, you know, the reality is our students don't all use technology that way. They don't necessarily, you know, use a calendar on their phone or even have access to a phone. And so there's a real void. And, you know, for my family, we've, we, both of our boys have calendars at home. They don't take them to school yet. They, they're not there writing the assignments down, but we definitely on a, on Sunday night go through it and they have their own planner so that they can sort of see their week and what, what do we have going on? When do I need to get my homework done? So they can, you know, visually map that out on a calendar to try to stay organized because you know they were trying to keep those and I said this in an earlier episode where we were talking about organization they were trying to keep those things in their head which is impossible and really stressful because you know they're bouncing around in there and you you constantly are trying to hold on to them where when you put them down you can sort of let them go and, and take a little sigh of relief definitely yeah and I think the practice of planners in general I think sometimes we need to start on paper and then we can move electronically it's one of those things we kind of need to do it in sequence so that we can get into the habit but I think that's really good insight. Mrs. Talentire, do you have a piece of advice you'd give to your middle school self? Sure, um, I think that uh, for me, going from moving from middle school into high school, I wish that um, I had been a little bit more grounded and more confident um, in my decision-making with friends. I feel that there were times that I left my kind of solid and true friend group to hang out with other people, um, which sometimes led me down a path that wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really being true to myself. And so I think that if I could give advice um, to myself and to other students, it's just to remember who you are and know that um, sometimes you do have to change friend groups and it's painful but sometimes you kind of need to stick with the friends that you already have. Um, And so I think just having the confidence in myself um, and listening to myself, 
I wish I had done a better job of that. So I, I just want to say, like, you know, pause the podcast, rewind that and listen to it again, because that's that's such powerful wisdom. Um, you know, you the, there's the adage of you, you are the people that you hang out with and you should you should at times be looking around and taking stock of, of like, who am I in the room with and, and, you know, what am I offering these people and what are these people offering me? And it, it really should be somewhat of a give and take, like you should be lifting your friends up and at times your friends should be there lifting you up. And if, if that symbiotic relationship is happening, you know, everybody's rising together, which is what, what we really want to have happen. Thank you. All right, we have our last question. Who is your favorite middle school teacher and why? I gotta say, my eighth grade year, I kind of had a dream team of a staff um, as my eighth grade teachers. I loved each and every single one of them dearly. They were all so different, my math teacher. Um, he was stern, he was strict, but he would give a good laugh here and there with his sarcastic humor. My history teacher gave us such um, experiential learning opportunities. He literally first day threw the textbook out the window as kind of a, like a symbol that we're gonna learn and it's not gonna be boring. Um, my science teacher, he was so high energy. There was a song and a dance for every learning topic. My ELA teacher was down to earth. It was just all around a really, really good experience. So I think if I chose one of them on who was my absolute favorite, um, I, I would be dishonest because they were all very, very influential. And I actually go back to them as um, mentors now. Um, each and every single one of them I still have contact with and I've shadowed them, I've observed them. One of them is now a, an elementary principal. The other one has moved up to the high school age. So it's been really cool watching their careers change over the years too. Um, so I would say my eighth grade dream team. Shout out to the eighth grade dream team and to experiential learning. And if I think back about my teachers and were to like put all the ones that really stand out to me in a box, that's exactly, and they didn't call it experiential learning back then, but they were really invested in, in authentic learning and, and doing something different and, and making the classroom vibrant and fun. Uh, so shout out to them. Hi, I just have to say one thing that my least favorite teacher in middle school was probably my FCS teacher, Miss Ohm. Well, at least that times are changing and they are evolving. <laughs> so um, we called it home ec and only the girls were allowed to be in it and the boys went to shop. So I'm a little bit older than you. So um, I'm. we were making a skirt and mine it was supposed to be an A-line, right? So small at the waist and, you know. Well, mine was straight up and down and I I just wasn't very good. And Isn't, um, isn't that a pencil skirt? I it, mean, weren't you just ahead of your time? You I, just I were was. fashion forward, I, I think. I was, but um, she didn't see it that way and she actually made me go to shop with the boys. I actually got kicked out of her class for that skirt. So that's just a side note. Do you still enjoy woodworking today? <laughs> um, actually, I don't enjoy really either. Um, I don't sew, nor do I woodwork. 
But I did have an amazing uh, science teacher, and I was always such a um, language arts girl, no surprise. I came back to my roots, but I always loved reading and writing. And um, when I got to middle school, I also realized that I loved science. Um, the, the teacher was amazing, Mr. George, and he just talked about all different kinds of topics, things I'd never thought of. Um, he was so open-minded. I remember having debates, and I, I just remember he valued our opinions, and he was just great. So I think that was, um, yeah, he was definitely my favorite in middle school. I, I love that you had this teacher who, you know, it, it enabled you to love something that you didn't necessarily identify with loving prior to having that teacher. And I definitely had a similar journey as I went through and I was like, oh, I, I love this thing. I, I think I'm this kind of student. And then another teacher I would have in a different content area and be like, oh, nope, I think that's my thing. Like, that's the thing that I love. And I don't know why, but I felt this pressure that I was supposed to like identify with a particular content area. Like that was my, that was my thing or my jam or the thing that I'm good at. And I, I hear students doing that now. And, and I just, I kind of want to dispel that. And if I, I can say anything, when I think about these awesome teachers and as my, my interest bounced around, it was like, nope, I just love learning. Like I just love learning about everything. And when you have somebody who's excited behind that content, I, I can love absolutely anything. And, and as human beings, like just being curious, like you should actually just identify with all of it and love all of it because the real world is genuinely interdisciplinary. Like there isn't just sort of one content area that's going to enable you to be successful. It's this compilation and you pull from all of the experiences and all the content and, and go out and do something awesome. So that's a great story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you guys for being on the podcast and sharing your stories and your insights and your advice. We so appreciate it. It was fun. There's a lot of wisdom in, in both of those conversations. So thank you.